0: Booze
1: your daddy boom we are off with another episode of booze your daddy the podcast i'm your host dr alan snyder here with the special guest today i have something that is very near and dear to my heart a magician what's up chris how you doing good mate yourself i'm doing great mate and for anybody (laughs) listening to this show most of our listeners are american you are from across the pond yeah, good old England. Good old in England there. So thank you for staying up so late. I do appreciate that. It's no issue. Very <laughs> <Fair laughs> nice. Cool. Well, Booze your daddy here. You know, you can uh, always find our episodes where you're going to tell some funny stories. We have something fun planned in the end. I don't know how many episodes you've actually listened to, but we always start off with the cheers. We always start off with a beer and I try to pick a beer special to my guests. But before I go, it sounds like you picked a, a special beer for That's me.
0: Beer, yeah, Budweiser for America, right?
1: <laughs> it's true. Pride of St. Louis, Missouri. Is yeah. that, is that from here or is that from, uh, cause they brew it in Czech as well, right?
0: Uh, this
1: is brewed in the UK. Yeah all right so it's not the same but yeah you know. uh, not exactly the same well i got something very special for you it is a out of san diego california it is a brewery classics mk san diego i think mk stands for mckeller brewing it is called staff magician and you got to see that this amazing artwork on this craft beer it has this ma- magic guy where he's looks Pretty like cool. he's taking a ace of spades out of one guy's uh, hat and the other guy's blindfolded i'm going to post a picture of this online this thing is just freaking amazing it's a new, new england style pale ale which is right up my alley but i thought that just the cover art is so great and for you being a professional magician or part-time musician as you said i, I couldn't resist no no i like that very good hopefully it tastes good i, I hope so too <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yes yeah, pale ale it should be pretty good all right well let me release that kraken beautiful cheers to you mate cheers It's good. It's soft. It's good. I like it. It's only for a New England style pale ale. It's only five and a half percent alcohol, which is pretty good. So you get a lot of flavor with that. And I'm very happy to share it with you. So Chris, you were telling me before we actually started recording, you've been doing a lot of Zoom videos and Instagram and Facebook as a magician. I'm curious to hear more about this. A hundred videos in a hundred days.
0: Yeah, so towards the end of May, um, lockdown had been going on for about a month and a half, nearly two months. And I, like most people, I was furloughed from my work. I still am. So I wasn't working. I kind of sat around chilling with the wife, but I kind of thought people need something to do throughout, throughout the day. So just a little minute video. I started doing a couple of them. I thought well, I'll do it for a month. Um, my birthday's the end of June. So I'll do it from kind of like the end of May to the end of June, go to my birthday. man I was like, well, I might as well go to 50 videos because like 28, 30 videos doesn't make sense. So I'll go to 50. Once I got to 50, I was like, I've still so got more I could do. So I'll just keep it going. Then I kind of went, got to about 65, and I kind of had to start learning something every day to be able to record it. And yeah, so I went to 100. So yeah, literally 100 videos, for a minute, minute and a half long, but a different kind of trick every day just for theory. Was for people sat at home, nothing to do, can go on the internet, check out me, and just have a minute of relaxation, break from that day. Because obviously, magic to me kind of takes a lot of people back to their childhood or helps them forget, you know, the worries and the stress. And obviously, during the pandemic, there's a lot of worry and stress going on. So. Hopefully
1: it works. A few people told me it has. So yeah, it was good. That's awesome, man. You know, you hit the nail on the head for me. And I said, this is something near and dear to my heart. Like I didn't want to be a magician, but I've always been just thrilled. And I I think my first birthday party that I really remember at age five was in the basement of my parents' house where we had a magician. I I thought I'm fascinated by it. I really am. Personally, I don't have the skills to do it myself without a lot of practice. To be to be honest, I respect your craft way too much for me to kind of half-ass it and just be like, eh, "I'll just learn a quick little bar trick type of thing." But I, I'm amazed by people like you, and I really think it's an amazing talent. I I really do mean that. So kudos to you. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of people about who, again, like you said, you know, first memory is uh, as a kid. Mine was um, we had a guy called Paul Daniel Daniels who's famous for his magician who was on TV every weekend growing up. So kind of like it was on TV, but we, I never saw a live magician until actually which got me into magic about 12 years ago so so you've only been doing this for 12
1: years i was going to no, ask you if you want to be a magician your whole life or how did this happen i've always loved
0: magic so i've always loved it um all the various stuff so um i only so I haven't even been doing it 12 years i've been uh, four and a half years it was just stewing ago.
1: in your brain for those first eight.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I knew a couple of tricks, so um, the one I do all the time, my Latin band trick, I knew that one, and a couple of others, so like basic card tricks, but my wife kind of said, what do you want for your birthday? I went, I oh, don't know, some magic tricks, and she took me to a magic shop, Uh it's one about an hour and a half, two hour drive from where we live. That is just far. Yeah, it's not the well, club, not too bad for the UK. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're, we're not like you, we don't have everything nearby, unfortunately, unless you, unless you live in London or one of the other big cities. So. Okay, Around I mean, I live in
1: New York City, and if it's longer than a five minute walk, I, I'm not gone. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So So two hours. She took you to the shop, and you guys went in and just were you a kid in a candy store?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Because the guy behind the counter, he knew that I had a small interest in magic, and I could do a couple of little things. And he spent about three, four hours with us, just kind of going, "This is this trick. Demonstrating it. What do you think? Do you like that kind of magic? This kind of magic?" And he kind of pointed me in the right direction. Told me to join like a local magic club, which I did. And then since then, yeah, it's just grown, and I started performing just over two and a half years ago. So actually going out and getting paid for performing for people. I think that's when I kind of went, I love what I do but performing and actually having those wow moments for bits where, like you said, you remember when you were five year old and having that party and that magician there, once you start performing, once you kind of having an impact on people and kind of changing what they're doing and the interactions they have, I think that's where it really kind of grows. And that's amazing. That
1: that is so good. And now you've racked up, you said about 65 tricks or how many tricks in your bag would you say you have? Not literal bag.
0: (sighs) No idea. Um, That's a open ended question because there's variants on the same trick. So I would say easily 100, 150, 200, maybe more. Um, but you don't really unless you constantly perform the same uh, different tricks you're not really going to be an expert at them so doing them on Facebook or on Instagram is fine because you can re-record a me but when you're out performing you you probably have about 20 to 30 routines or tricks you have with you to perform at night and then you Mm -hmm. can vary it up from table to table or if you're a stage magician you kind of have a set routine and
1: right right okay yeah I mean I'm more of a comedian or at least a scholar of comedy so I understand how to make an act and how you Right and how you do that. You know, comedy is, you know, you know what works, you try out yeah. some new stuff, and then you have a big closer at the end. Do you have a signature trick or something that you're like, oh my god, if, if the things aren't going well, here's my go-to, and I know I'm going to kill.
0: So 12 years ago, so when I first got into magic, first magician I saw, um, he does it with elastic bands, but I do it with a ring because it's easier to see on camera. So he basically got in the, uh, just my normal ring and elastic Yeah, so I didn't does- know
1: that we were going to be doing tricks on this. You know, this is mainly an audio podcast, but, with, but the video will be posted on our YouTube, I have to be honest, man. I thought you were just nervous and playing with a rubber band oh, this whole time. I, but
0: I always fiddle with elastic bands.
1: But okay, yeah. but okay, so you're an elastic band man. So anyway, I, but this is cool. So describe the trick. I'm gonna watch this. I am so excited. I didn't know I was getting entertained today.
0: So yeah, so the first trick, the one which I saw and amazed me and made me cut my finger. He had two elastic bands, but for camera, it doesn't work so well. So I've got a ring and elastic band. There's obviously no way the ring can go through the elastic band, is there? Obviously, you can't go through that way or that way. But if you watch slowly, it still passes straight through. Oh. Oh, and, they are just, and they're just normal ring and normal elastic band. And You would normally do it with a borrowed ring.
1: And wait, like is there anything up your sleeves? Hold on, what just happened? <laughs> so yeah. so and, and when I
0: saw that trick, to me, I was like, I, I need to know how that was done. That had that magical moment. And that's my go-to trick. If someone wants to see it at the game, if you're in person, there's a bit I get you to hold the elastic band to hold the ring. And while you're holding it, it passes straight through. So when it happens in the spectator's hand, that's when you kind of get that moment from, it looks good to, hold on, I'm actually holding this and it's still happening so you can't be doing too much. That's so
1: good. And I'm assuming that you've worked on your improvisation as well. You know, did you see that movie or more of a documentary, The Aristocrats? Do you, know, do you know that story? It's a, it's a Netflix thing from back in the day. I guess it was in the theaters where it's all about telling a story. And the point of it is is to be as raunchy and disgusting as possible. But what I'm getting at is more, you can do as much as you want. You can test the band out. You can say, give me your ring. Like, I'm assuming that the shtick, if you will, you just build as you go, right?
0: Yeah, I think, again, to me, the storytelling that moves a magic trick to a magic effect if you've got the right storytelling with it so that one I just done with a ring I, if I've got a married couple I've got an emotional kind of bit where I talk about their ring and I make the ring go up and down the elastic band it's like going through their life journey there's up and down to men obviously because you're holding the ring they're holding their own wedding ring and you've got an elastic band go actually because of the love and everything else and that ring and what symbolises there's nothing you can't get through as the band passes through the ring and then all of a sudden you go from a magic trick to something they're going to remember. Mm-hmm. So makes it emotional and that's kind of where I have conversations with other magicians on how we can move magic forward. Anyone can pick up a deck of cards and learn a trick. Yeah? You said obviously you don't want to do it because you don't want to do the bar trick side of things. I fully understand that. No, but it's just more
1: do. I would learn it. I like kind of knowing. I'm just saying the sleight of hand and everything that goes into it. Like I just respect it too much. To like, You know, I was going to ask you this now, but I guess it doesn't apply. You know, they say like as a single guy, you want to pick up a girl at a bar. Learn a magic trick. Like walk up and be like hi, want to see a magic trick? And the chances of you getting a no are very slim. I mean, any good-looking girl, no matter what you look like, is be like, hell yeah, I want to see a magic trick. But you were married, I think you said when you first started learning.
0: Yeah, yeah, since are married, so. <laughs> right.
1: So I was going to ask you if you'd ever use that to quote pick up somebody, but clearly that is uh, not the answer no. to that. But you're right. I guess no, anybody no. can learn this. I, there's, I'm not going to test you on the types. I actually don't know all the different types. Would you consider yourself more of a band, an illusion, a card? Like, what is your style, if you will? So
0: I I've got two so i'm a close-up magician which is bands cards um a little bit of rings and stuff like that so anything which is kind of in front of you i think to me when it like i said earlier when it happens with our own hands or when it happens right in front of you it gives you a much more kind of powerful feeling but actually it shows either more skill or but it just yeah to me i, I like that i like the fact that right in front of them there's nowhere to hide you, and you do something fantastic. But I also do stage mentalism, so kind of like um, little bits of kind of mind reading and kind of influencing and stuff like that on the stage. Mm-hmm. So during lockdown, I wrote a stage show. So hopefully, when kind of things go normal, I can then actually go out and perform it, and that will kind of be the step forward into the next role of kind of becoming full time magician.
1: Nice. That I, I think that sounds awesome. Have you ever used animals as a part of your act? <sighs> I've had pets in the
0: past and okay. I've always kind of I, I tried to train them to do things and they just kind of normally kind of start off interested and run off with a bit of paper or something so no um, I have cats but again I'm not already the uh, magician's uh, no. friend when it comes to magic so
1: yeah I knew somebody I uh, growing up who had a I think a pet bunny if you will and she said it was an asshole like rabbits yeah. are not very compliant as far as animals go
0: I think it depends on what kind of animal you have and like you said also if you handle it a lot or if you, it gets used to kind of actually to get a treat to this if it's in a hat or wherever you're going to pull it long as they're kind of treated nicely and you know it's okay but no I've never used animals
1: just a question your wife got you into this kind of have you ever considered having an assistant or maybe having her help you out I've told us you should learn magic because um,
0: again, there's a lot less women magicians than there are male magicians. So, women, what's that about? I suppose it's kind of back in the day. It's, it's like a lot of kind of jobs, isn't it? You know, you think of comedians. There's a lot less women comedians than there are male comedians. Obviously, women comedians are coming more and more about, but as a whole. I think there's a lot less female comedians.
1: I don't know if I can name a time that I've ever seen a female magician. I really can't think of a single one. Yeah.
0: There are a few but and there's a few really, really good ones about as well. Oh, I'm um, sure there are.
1: Just, you know, men's self-esteem is way lower, so we need to work on doing something to impress people, where women are like, nah, I'm good, I got this, I don't need any help.
0: Yeah, so I told her that if she got into magic, obviously she's um, more of a niche market. Mm-hmm. especially where we live there's um, not any female magicians locally so yeah she would be more of a niche market but she doesn't want to um, so and then again I've never really been a big big fan of the stage illusions um, you know the ones where they've got an empty box and then all of a sudden it opens and there's a tiger in there okay personally I've, I've even when before I got into magic even slightly to me I could kind of figure out how they were done so I've never been interested in myself as a performer I think what they do is amazing but for me it's not something I've ever kind of wanted to
1: go down. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole tiger thing is a very weird, and I don't know if Siegfried and Roy could really make a big name for themselves today, because everything with animal rights that's been going on, not to mention, it, it was a matter of time before one of those tigers ate the guy's face off. I mean, it happened. Like, you can't keep these crazy animals. No. That being said, when I was 12, my parents took my sister and myself to Vegas, and we saw that act. It was fantastic. It was great. I was like, look at the tigers! Is-!
0: Yeah, me and my wife went to Vegas a few, about eight years ago and we stayed at the MGM Grand hoping that they would have, not necessarily the show because we knew the show didn't have it, but we thought they still had the Tigers there but they didn't because they used to actually have them in the hotel, didn't
1: they? M- well, uh, Siegfried and Roy was at the Mirage at least when I saw it. Uh, you're talking yeah. to a guy who lived in Vegas actually for a little okay. bit? So you probably know a lot more than I do. Just a little bit. MGM has the lion outside of it. That's kind of the their statue. the statue. Yeah. I did hear a funny story that the entrance to it used to be walking through the lion's mouth. Apparently that's bad. Bad luck, I think, in like Asian culture or something like that. So they completely had to change the entrance and move it to where the line is just on the side or that's just a, a old wives tale that I heard. As far as the whole mag- magic show, I haven't been to Vegas in so long. I don't even know where things are. You know, I'm a big fan of the UFC, and they have since built that massive T-Mobile arena, you know, behind the Aria, behind the Cosmopolitan. I haven't even been in Vegas when that's been a thing yet. Okay. I, dude, I lived there for three months in the summer of 2007. I never want to go back to Las Vegas. It was so hot. It was so disgusting. Vegas is one of those places that it's some people's dreams. But you live there for a little bit, and you realize that's where dreams die. It really
0: is. I was there last year, um, uh, the New Orleans, um, they have a Magic Men's Fair every year. So um, for my fortune, the wife bought me a ticket to go to uh, Vegas and go to the Magic Mansion. So I was fair. By
1: yourself? Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, what an idiot. Yeah. I mean, no one.
1: <laughs> um, well, uh, I bet you made some friends at least at the Spearmint Rhino that night. <laughs> no.
0: Um, Further so convention, yeah, I made lots of new friends, lots of really good friends, actually. And yeah, had a fantastic time. And yeah, it was kind of 40, 44 degree heat um, coming from the UK, where we get kind of the highs of about 30. So yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, you're talking in Celsius right now. Know. J- j- just knowing what I know, I'm assuming 44 degrees is a lot. I'll just yeah. tell you when I was there, they stopped reporting after 120 degrees. It was just brutal, brutal up there in Fahrenheit versus Celsius, I guess.
0: Well, I went a few days after, do you remember the locust or a cricket, which were about Las vegas
1: last year uh i don't remember that i know we get the cicadas every so often i thought there that was, was a this swarm, year
0: literally the whole street they were everywhere all over the streets it was all on the news and everything even in the uk and uh-huh. i literally went a few days after fact that but they were still about okay you know, nah,
1: i i don't remember it i trust you all right very cool man like i i think those conventions are really cool i get so intimidated at these like i'm a very social person i talk a lot clearly I go to conventions and I just shrink. I'm just looking around and I'm so intimidated. And those things, like, they give me agita. I don't know what it is. I just, I shrink in the big situation, which is probably the, a bad thing for me. But in an intimate setting, I'm me. I can go off. So yeah. I, think that, I think that's really cool that you did that. Do you think you'll ever go to another one?
0: Yeah, I uh, hope so. They do one in the UK, which is the biggest one each year. Obviously, it canceled uh, next year. So next one's going to be 2022, hopefully. Um, but the Vegas one. I'd love to go back, um, see some friends and made and everything else. But again, for the expense and everything else, it's just whether, yeah what I'm doing and performing. And-
1: now, I guess I know the answer to this question because you said you don't have a lot of big type tricks. But when you and the missus travel, who has more luggage? That's because you have to bring oh, all your... <laughs> every time. But, it's, but you're a magician, right? You have to have certain props and no. A couple of decks of cards, I'm all good. Very Nice. So, yeah. All right. It was just something I thought of. Uh, Chris, do you have a catchphrase? Do you have a ta-da? Or you're just, you like the wow. You like the boom. I'm just me. Um, I think when I perform, I'm me,
0: but a little bit more upbeat. Mm -hmm. So um, no catchphrase, no kind of anything else. But yeah, you just kind of you know the point which you're going to hit especially if you've been doing a trick for a while so you know when you're talking to someone the bits where you need to be silent and what you need to do kind of body wise and everything else and you know when they're just kind of I like the silent mouth open kind of shock more than I do the kind of clapping and craziness I like that because that to me is they're just kind of like their brain is still trying to process it even after you leave they're kind of how
1: the hell do you do that that's
0: I don't know favorite. I
1: feel I feel like I would have like a what just happened What'd I do? what did I do you know, that's something so I'm a little bit of a cocky person Thing, especially when I'm competing and when I'm playing in a game versus somebody and I do something really good, I'll just turn and say, what happened? Oh, oh, did I, was that me? Did I do that? I, I'm surprised. I feel like I'm, take any suggestion you want Like Some type of catchphrase Is awesome I'm a big fan of that But you do you I'm curious In the reactions That you've ever had Like Give me the extremes Like how do people Normally react Like the jaw dropping Is kind of what I do yeah. What else do you see And I'm guessing Has anybody ever made Like a really big impression That you're like Wow That was a Like she cried She started crying
0: I don't have to cry I have had <laughs> The problem is So again Depending on where you're at And what you're doing Sometimes people have had Quite a few drinks
1: mm-hmm.
0: And sometimes they've had Quite a few drinks Even if you muck up the trick, if they're not really following and what's happened, they just kind of start going crazy and kind of shrieking at you. It's just what drunk people do, um, especially when you do something, you know, make turn one sponge ball into two sponge balls or anything like that. They just start shrieking at you and kind of ha, ha, look at look at shouting, pointing at you, and everything else. So that's quite weird, but yeah. And I've had literally, um, I remember my, one of my first gigs, I was at a garden centre and I was walking around the restaurant and I'd done the elastic band trick. And this girl, she must be about 12, she was just literally there for about a minute, just and she couldn't move. And her mom was just taking pictures of her. <laughs> You just, like just that?
1: shocked but that girl yeah. clearly left a big impression on you just seeing
0: yeah yeah, and I think that, you know, again, when I've done these videos on Facebook and Instagram, people have messaged me, oh, it's my son's birthday, I'd had to go and buy a magic kit because he loves watching new videos, and he wants to learn magic, and that's kind of like, that's fantastic. That's, that's really really, cool. really, really great.
1: But, yeah, so know, leaving that impression. I happened to, I started a TikTok, just to jump in on the craze, I get a little curious every and then, it's more for posting material, you know, I'm trying to grow my own brand, and just to have some fun during the lockdown, everything that's happening here, on my For You page that I see on TikTok is, every now and then a magician will just do some tricks, but then they show you how they did that. What yeah. are your th- What are your thoughts? I hate it, right?
0: Personally. Yeah, I think I know you can go on YouTube, and I know with the world we live in, you can Google it and everything else and find out how something's done. But the fact that these people have got four million, five million followers, and they're obviously just doing it to get more followers, to get more money, and it is a monetary kind of thing more than anything else. <sighs> I hate it and also sometimes I do a trick which you might be doing might be in your routine or in your repertoire and you kind of perform occasionally and that's one, you kind of go I saw this guy on YouTube do that yeah you just do this and this and this now sometimes I accept the trick might not be a complicated trick but it's kind of how you present it so all of a sudden they might go "Oh, actually there's no skill whatsoever sometimes you do choose you know depending on the situation you might choose a slightly easier trick to do but they've just seen it yeah yeah
1: not not to mention I mean that's just really I can't think of another example of Anything in this world where your business your livelihood just gets ruined by somebody completely exposing what you're doing you know it's mm-hmm. like so many things out there like in baseball there is million videos here's how you hit a fastball here's how you hit a curveball here's how you hit a uh, you know a slider to put it all together is what makes somebody's great but yeah. you know you can give out as much information as possible it doesn't really hurt anybody else here's how you fix a car here's but for something with what you do that that's just really bad like that's just that's shitty
0: yeah it bugs me it really does and i did i I to kind of done TikTok, but again, not anything big. I kind of, every so often think, oh, I should post on TikTok because I kind of forget about it compared to Instagram and Facebook. Um, but every time I go on there, occasionally, like you, you scroll through and there's a magician just kind of sat there with a card in his hand going, and then kind of, ooh, it's disappeared. Right. like, well, why would you do that? Why, you know, if you've got the skill set and you've obviously worked on it, why would you suddenly give it
1: away? Yeah, that is strange. I guess now people are, like you said, they're just trying to gain followers, gain a name and, you know, maybe it will help elevate the profession maybe but I- I'm with you I think it's really kind of shitty just because you're just oh here's how I do this here's how I don't and then you're like oh great so that trick that I do now how many people are watching that hopefully not a lot of people are out there going I'm gonna learn how every magician does his trick and then go to one of Chris's performance and just shit all over him oh wait, wait, this is how you did it. oh I don't really think that's the goal I do think it's a little bit more of the entertainment but I don't yeah. res- I don't respect it man like I really think it's ugly
0: yeah no I agree um, it's not something I've come across I've had people kind of go oh I know a card trick and I show you something. I've had that at gigs, and again, some magicians are like, Look, I'm here to perform. I don't want to see you do it. I'm normally like, Here to death, guys, show me what you got. Because normally it's not going to be, without being rude, not going to be as good as what I do. Or if they do it, it's kind of like, That's really good. What about doing this? And I kind of do something a bit more sneaky and kind of catch them off guard just so very wow how did you do that so right ah,
1: yeah all right well the good news is we don't have to end on a low note like that now i don't know if you checked out any of my episodes before but maybe you don't know this the end of every episode i like to play a little game of trivia with my guests okay so chris today i'm going to be testing your knowledge on magical related stuff This is where I fail badly, yeah? (laughs) Five super easy questions for you. Nobody's keeping score. This is also our listeners enjoy some of this, but I'm going to ask you five questions. I'll help you out. Nobody cares. Ready? In 2009, what magician cut Taylor Swift into six different pieces, which is some people's dream, but I personally like Taylor Swift. So I'm basically um, looking for the name of a famous, famous magician here in 2009. That's Chris Angel. That would be incorrect. It was David, David Copperfield. It, yeah,
0: it was one of the two. So yeah, they're both kind of known to cutting people up, aren't they?
1: <laughs> Question number two. What street magician is known for his levitation act, where he does it as close as one foot away? David Blaine. That is David Blaine. Very, very good. This one might be a little more topical for you. What is the name of the magical incantation synonymous with the Harry Potter killing curse? My wife was here.
0: She goes, oh, it's this one.
1: Um, think magic. Was... Think Harry I Potter. I know. I know. I, I don't know,
0: but... Yeah, my wife kicked kick me
1: later. <laughs> uh, well, what I was looking for was Abracadabra. Although in the movie, it's more Avada Kavadra, but I would have settled for either answer. So think okay. okay. magical. You can do it. Question number four, bringing your boy David back in 1983, the year I was born. He appeared to make what famous U.S. landmark disappear? Statue of Liberty. That is correct. Very good. And now- I remember that one, yeah. Right after his show ended in 2000, this is question number five. Right after his show ended in 2010, what famous musician has the most appearances on primetime television? Lance Burton. No, go back to the other guy. David Compton. No, keep going. <laughs> Chris Angel. Chris Angel, yes. Basically, with the whole Mind Freak show, uh, he got so many appearances that he's racked up some type of number that'll never be hit ever again. Because okay. th- these, these guys don't do a lot of primetime television, you know?
0: Not anymore. And then when you were younger, you probably saw Copperfield a fair bit on TV. Could I remember seeing him over here on TV?
1: Yeah, I don't know if I followed it as much as like, you know, it would be Saturday night and there was a stunt yeah. on or something. I was really excited because you know David Blaine was on Rogan maybe like two months ago and he was scheduled to do a big thing, I think here in New York City and I was going to go to it. I was at least going to go check it out because I had nothing else better to do. But I wasn't here when he did that big thing in, over by the Trump Yards where the Trump buildings were built or when he was in Times Square. I've only been in New York for about 10 years I don't think I don't think I've been here for any of his acts his magical performances so I was thinking about maybe going to do it and I think it got canceled or something to that effect so I was kind of bummed out
0: because he did, during lockdown, he done the
1: um, um healing balloons, didn't he, where he floated? So, from what I understand, is they, they cancelled that. I thought that um, was one... Oh, that happened? Yeah, that happened. Uh, all right, looks like I'll be checking something out later on YouTube. Yeah, that
0: was... Uh, I don't know what desert. I think it was in Nevada somewhere. But yeah, he um, basically, yeah, lots of balloons and then floated up and flew off.
1: Wow. And, and has he been seen since? Yeah,
0: he skydived back to the ground, so <laughs> parachuted, so yeah.
1: Very nice. Well, Chris, this has been a lot of fun. Before we sign off, you have a Facebook, you have an Instagram. Please tell our listeners where they can find you to watch some of your 100 videos in 100 days.
0: Thank you, Alan. So, yeah, it's Chris Howl's Magic, which is H-O-W-A-T. So just a one T on that, but most people put two on it. Um, yeah, um, that's all my um, social media. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, website, anything you want is at Chris Howard Magic.
1: Very nice. And if any of our listeners fear so inclined to fly you over for a private show, you would be definitely down for that, right? Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, fly me to New York. We have a catch up as well. Be in real life.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, man. Well, Chris, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for answering my questions. I I think this is really cool. I respect your craft. Please keep at it. I love, love, love what you're doing because I started this podcast just to have fun, to put more smiles on people's faces. That's my goal. And it sounds like that's kind of what your goal is too. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And I don't, politically left, politically right, in this world, what we need to do is come together and love each other and make the world a better place. I I think that's the best thing that can happen. I really agree. Well, thanks for listening to the show, everybody. Make sure you're downloading these episodes make sure you're hitting the subscribe hit the like button we're on all the social media find us anywhere who's your daddy chris have a good one cheers mate cheers, Alan. Daddy out
0: we out